0: Sermon time. I lost my yeah. paper. <clears throat> I want to know. Raise your hand if you were here in church last week. <laughs> <laughs> ah, aren't you, yeah? Is Facebook now? No, I'm. No, 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 no. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Some people. Trudged through a blizzard to be in church last week, and they have a special star in their crown. It was beautiful. But what happens to a preacher when you write a sermon and then you know you don't get a chance to lay it all out? You guys get two sermons today, aren't you? So I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> last week we got the snow, and, uh, and we talked about the baptism of John, okay, and how at that baptism the Spirit of God came down as a dove and the voice of God spoke from heaven and Jesus was there and it was the introduction of this thing that has been come called and known as the Trinity. And it's a, the Trinity is this magnificent tool that God's people have been using for centuries to talk about what we know or what we think we know about the love of God. That it takes three Manifestations of persons in one God, and it's very confusing to non Christians. Okay, they say, I thought you had one God. Why do you have three God? You know what's that all about? And, we, and then we have then we have these long conversations. So that was last week, and it was brilliant. And if you were there, you would know everything there is to know about the Trinity now. But you weren't there, so <clears throat> I'm going to touch on that because really the season of Epiphany is a season where God's people explore what it is we know or we think we know about the love of God as it was manifested in Jesus. That's really what we're all about. We're a people who've gathered because we seek to know the love of God. And we believe something in Jesus Christ reveals God, the love of God to the world. So we explore it every week just trying to Peel back the layers of the onion. Um, I'm going to read. So last week I read the story about John the Baptist with the dove and the voice and Jesus himself, right? So that was the Trinity sermon. This Sunday I have another story. It's an epiphany story. It also reveals something about the love of God, but it's different than the whole Trinity thing. All right, It's another thing. So listen for the word of God. John chapter 2, beginning at the first verse, the wedding at Cana. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited, and they were at the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, "'They have no more wine.'" Jesus said, "Woman, what concern is that to you and me? My hour has not yet come." His mother turned to the servants and says, "Do whatever he tells you to do." Like mothers do. Nearby there were stone jars for the Jewish rite of purification, about 30 gallons each. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And as they filled them, they filled them to the brim. And they said to him, now, he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the chief wine steward. So they took it, and when the steward tasted the water that had become wine, And he did not know where it came from, although the servants knew where it came from. The steward called the bridegroom, and he said, Everyone serves the good wine first. And then when the guests have become drunk, they serve the inferior wine. Jesus said, no, excuse me. uh, Jesus did this, the first of his miracles, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory And his disciples believed in him. And after the wedding, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they remained there a few days. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God. So as I told you before, epiphany is about discovering Who is this Jesus, and how does the the Christ reveal what the love of God is in this world for you and for me? Last week, I used the snow that I just gave to the kids to sort of talk to them about, we're we're okay with the idea that that things take different form. You have solid snow, you have liquid water, and then you have wherever it goes. It's a complex concept, you know, but the kids kind of got it. Hope you get it any any environmental engineers here can just tell us all about or well we don't don't we have a meteorologist in the church somewhere anyway um so that reveals some of the mystery of the trinity that is uh blatantly present at the baptism Uh, the theology of the trinity is a wonderful metaphor that describes the mystery of god it has been in use for centuries And it is a great tool if you want to talk to each other of the things of God. Use the Trinity because some people relate more to the the creator part of God and some people relate more to the incarnational Jesus and some people relate more to the Holy Spirit and they're all out there doing their thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful gift that the church has given to the generations. Uh, One God, three persons. It's kind of hard to grasp, right? Uh, this picture is, I hate looking at this picture. It's like an optical illusion. It hurts my head to look at it. It's a, uh, back in the day, before everybody could read and get Google answers for everything, uh, people shared the gospel of Christ by drawing pictures or, or, or having plays. And they drew pictures like this one to explain how God's love is manifested in three revelations, God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son. And I, I really have a hard time looking. It makes my head hurt to look at that. Uh, and what I will tell you about Trinitarian theology and Trinitarian theologians and Trinitarian sermons is that none of them are correct because the Trinity is beyond us. It's, the, it's really good, but it's not exactly Right? It's not for us to understand the fullness of the mystery of the love of God in this world. It is beyond us. And yet the Trinity is a, is a beautiful, beautiful human tool. Or th- I, I don't think this painting is beautiful, but what it's trying to describe is a gift to you. So say thank you. Say it. Thank you. All right. I say it. thank you. The Trinity is a magnificent concept which has blessed us Uh, with an ability to speak with each other about how God's love is revealed in the Christ. And while it's difficult to look at and can make your head hurt to think about it too much, certainly people of other religions don't know what in the world we Christians are talking about. And we say, we only worship one God but there's three persons. And they go, what? That's because it's not correct. It's a human concept. But it's a pretty good one. right? Scientists would say a theory. Um, So while that the Trinity is kind of a really beautiful, really thing I'm grateful for, uh, but it is a mystery. Let me show you something else that's hard to look at. Something that's revealed in the love of God, who is a God of relationships. So the beautiful thing about that old picture is it showed one person with like three people in it, and so this God of love that we love is about relationships. God, the Father, has a relationship with God, the Son, who has a relationship with God, the Spirit, and they're all in there together, and it's complicated. Now, who knows that love is complicated, right? I don't know if you see your family up here, but I see elements of my family. And did you know families are complicated? Did you know love is complicated. Did you know that it's got many men, and it kind of makes your head hurt sometimes when you think about, well, what about Thanksgiving and who's going to sit next to who, and what about my brother's ex-wife's sister's children? Who you know, right? You know, it. We struggle mightily trying to live out this idea what it means to love each other, and so we have this God with six eyes and you know three people in one, and it's complicated. But it is about love. We have a God who in one sense we say, yes, yeah, through one God, three persons. We can talk about that. But we also have a God who says, you know what? I'm a God of relationships. I have a relationship with myself <laughs> three times. You all have relationships. A God of relationship. The love of God and Jesus Christ is revealed to the world in relationships. The Trinity is a relationship. You and the people you love are a relationship. If you know what it is to love somebody, you probably know how complicated and sometimes difficult it is to love somebody. You probably, I, well Beth's here, I love Beth. We've been married for 35 years, a couple weeks ago. But you know, I find it hard to figure out what to get her as a gift sometimes, right? I don't know, you know it's hard. And I know her better than anybody else I know and it's still, I don't have it all figured out. Anybody else in the same boat? No? Okay, thank you. Um, so, so, so even the people you love and know the best, you still are like, what? <laughs> and in, you can be married. Anybody here married 40, 50 years, you're going to agree with? I need a little help here, right? Am I, am I? Tell me, no, Gary, it's easy. <laughs> right? No? Okay. All right, so love relationships are complicated, but by God, it is love. A loving relationship does not mean we have all the answers. And so we constantly strive to grow deeper and deeper in love with each other, even though it's confusing. Um, Have you ever had somebody you love that you wanted, you needed to decorate something or pick a color and you couldn't agree, but you found a way. And it wasn't perfect, but it maintained the relationship over the color right the color wasn't important what was important is that the relationship was maintained uh, i don't know if anybody's here ever had somebody break their heart somebody they loved who like stopped loving you and it, it, that that is really hard when, when when you get your heart broken or i don't know if you've been in a divorce or if somebody in your family has been divorced and how how hard that is to watch right Uh, how complicated it gets with the kids and their parents and their their step-parents and their step-siblings and the step-siblings relationship to this step-sibling over here. And that's a complicated kind of love too, isn't it? And the good news of the gospel is we have a God who says relationships matter more than the color of the carpet. okay, Or more than who sits where at Thanksgiving. Or better yet, at a formal wedding where you get to pick who sits where. And we can't put so-and-so next to so-and-so because of the relationship. All right, so I hope that you know that while we have a God of three persons in one, the Trinity, we also have a God that is a God of relationships. And we know in our own families that we struggle to stay connected in our relationships because they change and they shift and they demand sometimes unconditional love. I don't care what you're wearing or what kind of haircut, if that dress is too short that you're wearing, you know, whatever. We, I love you. I love you. And it's not easy, and it's complicated. It's confusing. Sometimes it's dysfunctional. I know none of you have dysfunction in your families, but I would tell you that a lot of people have dysfunction in their families because they try to love each other, and we're not good at it, and we don't have all the right answers. So uh, your love with the people that you have relationships with is a seeking after this God who puts relationships first. That's kind of the key to being a Christian, is you are a person who puts the relationship over being right, being more pious, being more just, picking the right color carpet. The relationship comes first. That's the nature of the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ. Now, how do I know this? Well, the wedding at Cana of Galilee is my fa- one of my favorite things. Now, so, so while that's complicated, and the Trinity picture with all the six eyes i's, is complicated, let's talk about this wonderful relationship about a child with their mother. Anybody want mother? Yeah, like I say, mother. Say yes, mother. Yes, mother. All right, if Anybody know why that's important to learn how to say that? Because it's your mother. So here we are at the wedding at Cana of Galilee. Jesus is there. His mother is there. His brothers are there. And his buddies are there. All the disciples are there. Jesus is in a tight spot. And he's in a tight spot because they're all at this wedding. And the wine gives out. And Jesus' mother turns to her son and says, would you take care of this? Now, this is, there's three things I want to tell you that I believe this story reveals about the love of God and Jesus Christ. And the first thing I want to tell you is it points out that Jesus is fully aware of his role as the Christ. Jesus is the fullness of God come to redeem the world with love. He knows it. He knows who he is. He knows what he's about. He knows that he's going to show this to the world in this gospel of his birth, Bethlehem, Christmas, Mary, Joseph, the angel, his life, his death, and his resurrection, that this gospel of love is going to be revealed. But his mother tries to pull him out too soon when he hadn't told the whole story yet, and he says to her, that is not my problem, it's not my time. So Jesus had an agenda, right? His mother says, son, will you do something about this? He goes, no, mother, this is not my problem. Jesus knew who he was. He knew what he was about. And he knew that he was here to redeem the world with unconditional love. And so put the Trinity out of your mind. Let's learn about this kind of unconditional love. So this Jesus, the Christ, the love of God incarnate, Second point, this love is powerful, this love is abundant, this love is beyond our ability to grasp. And the reason I know that is the wine steward, (laughs) he couldn't figure out, all right, so it's a wedding, it's all about love, I know what I'm doing here, here's the wine, what? Why, to the wine steward, who know, they're smart dudes. Wine stewards know a lot, right? And they've been to a lot of weddings, and they've seen a lot of relationships. They, they know all the complications. And you're supposed to serve the good wine first. When everybody gets hammered, you serve the Mogan David or whatever it is, right? And, and, and Because people don't care. And that's how the world works, and that's how we understand how we treat each other. That's what love looks like. All of a sudden, this good wine shows up, and the wine steward goes, What in the world? This is abundant. There's not a little bit of wine. There are 90 gallons of great wine showing up at the end of the wedding. So something about the love of God in Jesus Christ is abundant. I mean, it is a bunch of it. It is really good, and it has the ability to transform things. But we are not capable of figuring out, even if you're a smart wine steward, you're saying, this is, what is this? What is going on here? It's bigger than we are. So this story tells me that Jesus knew who he was and what he was about. It tells me that what Jesus is all about is big, is powerful, is transformative, is abundant, and uh, beyond our ability to really get our heads around it. But it's real because there's the wine. And then the last thing this tells me about the love of God and Jesus Christ that you can learn not from the Trinity but from this story is that Jesus knew who he was that his love is abundant and powerful and transformative and what was the other one? Beyond our ability to figure out what's going on is finally this, that love in Christ is lived out in relationships. See we worship a God of love revealed in relationships. The Trinity but here's this My favorite one is this yes, mother. Jesus, who knew who he was and who had a plan it was going to be worked out, it's the ark of the salvation of the world at stake, right? And Jesus could have said, nope, I got a plan. I'm sticking to it. I know what color the carpet needs to be. I'm going with it. Instead, he said, yes, mother. He put his relationship with someone he knew she loved him. She was his mother. She was never going to stop being his mother. And while he had all the answers to all the things that we think we know everything about, and we are often ready to put a relationship second so we can be right, or, or just, or righteous. Religious people do this all the time. When we are so convicted of something spiritually that we are so right that we will say get off the bus, get out of my life, I'm staying on course. I, hear, I believe that the love of God in Jesus Christ is revealed in Jesus himself putting his agenda, his rightness, his piety on hold to say yes, mother. So what about you? What about me? What about your relationships and your pride and your piety and your religious fervor and your seeking all the good things that you know to be right and if only everybody agreed with you the world would be wonderful. But they won't. So the question is because they won't all agree with you do you cast them off so you can be the pious righteous Christian that God calls you to be? Or are you willing to trust God, more trust this example of Jesus, that before you will jettison a relationship for your piety, you will say yes, mother. And believe that somehow in God's mysterious power, if you've stepped down from your high horse and you put the relationship first, that God even though you don't see how it can work out that God can keep us together. Okay? Now, I'll say amen. Where I think this lives out in our culture today in America is uh, the, the great stepson, stepdaughter epidemic that is in our world today. Because uh, we're in a culture that's a little confused about marriage. And it's been this way for several decades, but you know, it's more confusing now than, than it has been in decades past. And so we're trying to figure out how do stepdaughters and sons relate to the stepdaughters and sons on this side because now they are brothers and sisters, right? And it can get very confusing and be the source of a lot of conflict. Or it could be the beginning of the breaking into the kingdom of God Where we realize we are all brothers and sisters, whether we're related or not.